0: Are you working? What kind of work do you do?
1: The Midweek Podcast alongside Charlie Bornoff. I'm Will Connerly, and we're excited to be with you for another week, breaking down a collegiate baseball at the Division I ranks, winners, losers, weekend rotation, and then series picks. As always, on the Midweek Podcast, Charlie, looking forward to this show. A lot of us shake up. I mean, the rankings as we have every week, it feels like, but again, a a lot of big things is it feels like for with every weekend, we getting one, we're getting one step closer to naming conference champions and talking about tournaments uh, coming up in just a few weeks. So it's really cool and an exciting time of the year for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely every year you think you're ready for it, but kind of jumps up on you a little bit. I'm playing a little bit of a Jordan flu game myself, a little stuffed up tape we're going to power through. And I mean, like you said, plenty of teams that have skyrocketed and plummeted off the ranking board. So there's, there's plenty to get to today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the effort, you know, of course, to, yeah. the flu game. Got to be know, there for the people, you know, Will. Exactly. And you're still going to perform at a high level, maybe drop 40 points. So I will I, take I, it. I love that. Uh, let's Go get right 40, into it. Yeah. 40 pieces and a side of fries. <laughs> yes prize at the bottom that's what we're looking for and that's what my first winner did I think they got deep in their bag that was the Duke <laughs> squad that they jumped to number 10 in the nation um, in the D1 baseball poll they're my first winner um, I know I picked them last week so it might sound repetitive but at this point I just felt like I couldn't ignore what they did uh, this past weekend they have three straight weekends uh, where they've put together ranked series wins not just series wins but ranked series wins versus. AC D.C. opponents. They jumped 10 spots from 20 to 10 uh, with their series win, mind you, at number 17, Virginia. I mean, to have three top 15 wins in one week, Charlie, that's pretty impressive. You know, they beat number nine, Campbell, and then take a couple from number uh, from the ranked Virginia team as well. So overall. I thought that the what they did in April just couldn't be ignored and kind of a cherry on the top of what a great month it was last week, and they ultimately went 15-3 and three in April. Um, and now it's the second highest ranking this program has ever had. So I'm interested to see what they can do moving forward. The two ACC series left are Georgia Tech and then Miami. The Miami series to finish the year should be great. But you're telling me you beat number 11, Boston College, 12, Louisville, and then 13, Virginia. So I had to give Duke some love, especially Charlie, because we talked about this Virginia team. They were 25 and two at home before this series, but there's just a, a lot of impressive arms. Andrew Haley was impressive. He won his last five outings. Um, He's 5-1 with a one six, nine ERA in seven starts. Duke has a 3-6 ERA, which is fifth in the country. So, overall, I'm going with the Blue Devils for my first uh, winner.
0: Yeah, I think they're by far and away the biggest winner of the weekend. Like, well, like you just said there, when you have a pitching staff that's putting together a top-five performance on the season, that really helps. And it even helps even more, too, And you have the three-headed monster of Jay Basseers, Alex Mooney, who we all know I was a big fan of last year and one of the top recruits Duke's ever gotten, honestly, and the MJ Mets as well. Um, definitely the biggest winner. I mean, they say April showers bring May flowers, and all Duke did was make it rain in April, and now they're getting their flowers being ranked top ten.
1: Yes, they are, and they can hit too. You know, um, I think that they're going to be a team to watch out for. I for think sure. they're they're going to host something in Durham. It looks like at this point, and you know, you're you're. 23rd in the country in home runs, you're fifth in ERA and you play in the ACC. And like you said, you got a star in Mooney at shortstop. I I like what they can do. And so it was a statement, you know, against at Virginia, you know, adverse environment. You check that box for me.
0: How about your first winner, Charlie? My first winner is a team I had as a winner a lot last year, and that's Maryland. Um, They sweep Indiana, but it's not so much the fact that they sweat them. I mean, they kicked the absolute tar out of them. I think the closest win I've written down is, the closest um, win they had was game three, and they still won by six runs and put 14 on the board. Kevin Keister, who I'll talk about later in the pod, was a dog for them over the weekend, probably the biggest player for them as well. Terps are now 11-4 and and atop the Big Ten Conference, and they have another good series coming up here soon. But Maryland seems they struggled out the gates early. We all know they had that really rough start against Ole Miss and some other pretty good teams. But they're really kind of fine. Kind of, much like Duke, they're their stride right now and really – I mean, I'm not unless something drastic happens. I'm not too worried about them making the uh, the postseason and probably doing some damage once again.
1: It's funny, uh, similar trajectory for Maryland, Duke, um, Tennessee might be all in that same category that Ole Miss and Oklahoma were in last year, get yeah. hot at the right time. And you want to try to time up that peak because I remember um, at the time when they played Ole Miss, Ole Miss was fourth in the country. Now yeah. Ole Miss has declined since, but when you look at what Maryland has done in the big 10, I mean, over the last handful of seasons, they haven't lost the big 10 series since April of 2021. So, you know, when you look at the resume they've put together in this league, 30 and 15 overall right now, and now at top the Big Ten standings, as you mentioned, with an 11-4 mark. Um, they've won seven straight games. They're finding it at the right time. They've got the best power hitter to ever walk through that campus now with being the home run king named last week. So Matt Shaw's a dog for him, and sure. it, it's, it's a really um fun team i know that you were certainly high on them and you know, you can see that now and and how well they're performing and I I really like what this offense can do. It's super dynamic they can hit a lot of home runs and Matt Shaw's got 18 of them and then on the pitching side, you know, I I love some of their arms. So yes uh, Savakul and all the guys, they do some good work. So that's a that's a great winner and really just a massive series to to be able to get the sweep. You know, you say to win the series is one thing, but to sweep Indiana who was playing really well, you know, so they kind of say well no we're still the top dogs in the Big 10 that was really cool to see uh for Maryland in a big statement worthy winner my next winner is northeastern uh they they debut in the top 25 rankings they've won 8 games in a row They're thirty-five and seven, and in their eight-game win streak right now, they have got a win against number fifteen UConn. And overall, right now, Northeastern they have the second-best win percentage in the nation, only behind Wake Forest. So it's a team that has consistently won for years. It's they are an incredible program um, overall, and they've won eight consecutive games. They're seventeen and three at home, and in the. In terms of the winner from over the weekend, well, I know that they were playing Townsend, not the best opponent, but they're able to grind out two one run victories and pick up another twelve to eight win to get the sweep and continue their win streak. I know the CAA isn't the strongest lead league, but when you look at what they've done, Charlie, even getting a win against number fifteen UConn, they're able yeah, to get that's the- a big win like then they've rattled off wins since then. um. It's impressive for what Northeastern has done. And it feels like every year a team like Northeastern out of the CAA or, or a comparable league makes noise as a three or a four seed in a regional. And I think this could be a team that does it.
0: Yeah. I see the vision for sure. And um, the CAA will be getting better next year with our old Campbell Campbell's joining the conference next year. That's right. So, I mean, we could have some really That's fun matchups be, yeah. against Northeastern and Campbell. That should be some bangers right there. Um, you look at the rest of Campbell's schedule, I, I mean, not Campbell, excuse me, Northeastern, we've got the UNCW match. It was probably the toughest matchup left. That's a series because after the UNCW, they do play Maryland in a midweek. But after that, they got William & Mary, and then they got UMass Lowell on a midweek, and then they got College of Charleston Um, to round it out. And they go straight into the tournament. So, I mean, they're in a really good position. I mean, I have no words with them making the tournament. I mean, I'd be shocked if they somehow didn't, but they're definitely going to because, like you said, I mean, second-best win percentage definitely does it for you when t- talk about postseason play. Right, and but when you think about this league, it's like they gotta you,
1: you they gotta win their conference tournament. It feels like you know. So we'll. I don't yeah. know. Who knows?
0: But at I, the same time, like they went out and like as long as they don't get bounced in the first round, I feel like they still probably. Obviously, your seating won't be as good because you'll be playing at the mercy of the committee. But when you, when you only have seven losses on the year, I mean that's still. So it still plays pretty well. For yes,
1: them. but I love how you brought up their schedule because it's – we'll talk about one series later on, but they play at UNCW, and then you said they also have, in terms of CAA play, which they're sitting at first right now, yeah. UNCW second, but they also have Charleston and William and Mary. Both of those teams are top so, five in the conference, so yeah. – all three of their next uh, remaining CAA series are against the second, the fourth, and the fifth teams in the conference. So it's not going to be easy, no. and I think that could only help because all those teams have winning records, and yeah. so all of those teams um, will help boost them. So it's they're an interesting club right now, and, and uh, of course they've won a lot of ballgames. I don't think that should be a surprise for anybody because they, that's all they've done. They won 31 games in 2022. They won 36 games in 20. 20- 2021 and so they've been an impressive team for a while um especially the last couple of years and um they're my winner for this past weekend continuing their win streak with a sweep
0: it's fair um talking about sweeps arkansas is my next winner they swept texas a&m a uh, really nice bounce back for arkansas after a losing week in the week prior against georgia which honestly like i know georgia's got some dogs obviously no pun intended but the Razorbacks are still a better team, more talented, so you really don't like to see that happening, especially when they're rolling so well. But, I mean, the big highlight for the weekend to me was Hagen Smith doing his best Kevin Cobb's impression. He went four innings, no runs. Four Ks on that first game of the weekend. And then also the fact that now Arkansas, with that series victory, still is in second place in the SEC West. At 14-7 overall in the conference, I mean, the Razorbacks, they're weird teams I don't know. Obviously, we've got a couple weeks left before the – Postseason and conf- even the conference tournament happens, but like I don't, I don't know how, how far I have them going or how I don't know where they're going to down. because they're a great team, obviously. But like, I th- they could beat an LSU or a um, a Vandy or a South Carolina possibly, but I don't know if it's going to happen. At the same time, they've I don't got- know because I, I don't know if they're in that same tier. Like, obviously, they played most of the season in that tier for a while. And I guess like last week kind of tapered them off a tiny bit, but this good bounce back here. I don't know, man. It's weird. They're in that weird like are they in that that s that a tier category with the rest of the sec leaders or are they not cuz they can I be a like high b but i don't know yeah well i one. think
1: it, it is a tough one um when you when you put the tiers though i feel like Say, like, for example, we just talked about the CAA. There's clear tiers. I feel like with the SEC, it's like they're all like it's a lot more money. <laughs> well, it's like they're all like a lot of them are in the top tier, but again, like it's hard to think about. I know this is examples brought up all the time, but like what tier was Ole Miss in last year? You know, they barely yeah. got in the SEC tournament. So you know, but they were hot. So I just feel like in terms of the postseason, it's like how hot can they be? And when I think about Arkansas, I think it's a team that can get hot because they have experience. Okay. They've dealt with some injuries, especially to some of their pitchers and position players this year. We talk about Wagner or some of their big arms that have missed some time. If they get everybody healthy with Van Horn, I do think it's a team that could get to Omaha. And really, when you look at the series, I'm glad you had them as a winner because – when you get the brooms out against a team in the Aggies who won three straight sec series, I thought this almost hurt the Aggies more than it was a boost for Arkansas. Cause we know what Arkansas can do, but a, however, like you mentioned to be able to have it be a bounce back, definitely big time, but a and M, they definitely hurt at the hands of this winner from you. They're now 9-12 and 12 in SEC play, so it's going to be interesting to see because they have Florida, Alabama, Mississippi State um, when, when you look at the teams coming up, so you feel like some winnable series potentially. Um, but, but overall, I, I agree with you that Uh, that Arkansas series is is, uh, definitely a big one for them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I know they've got, what, Mississippi State coming up. Um, And and so you think that that's a series Arkansas could get. But overall, um, I, I like that winner, Charlie, and I think that you show that that's a program that, Always finds themselves yeah. playing well at the right
0: time. And, so. and this might make it seem a little better too, because like you said, they got Mississippi State coming up next week. Will and then, what two teams do you think they finish off the season with before tournament play or conference play? Is conference champ Are we talking top dogs? Oh, we're talking top dogs. We got South Carolina and LSU from May twelfth and fourteenth, and then all the way in the very last series, those they go to at Vanderbilt to finish off the regular oh, wow. season. Wow. Yeah,
1: so that's – those are two series to highlight those final two weekends. Um, Those – I think the winner of those series, like, those are teams you start thinking about because if you can get momentum headed into the postseason, not necessarily Hoover, because um, if you're going to Hoover, you're probably going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But, like – um, going into the NCAA tournament, if you have that momentum. I mean, certainly it doesn't hurt to play well in Hoover, but I'm just saying, like, if you can get a big series win to oh, finish sure. the year, uh, that's big momentum. And- yes, yeah,
0: because, c- like, for me, I think I like when I – th- I was just saying Arkansas is kind of that weird team from, like, obviously they're very good. That's, like, an easy take. But how good are they? I like when a team like this has those kind of series to finish off because depending on how they do, kind of helps me get – A more um, comfortable mindset of what I think that I can expect them to do when it comes to postseason time. Yeah. No, you you better read on it.
1: You bring up a really good point. And speaking of postseason, I'm going to talk about a conference that not only I think the postseason is going to be fun. I think the finish to the regular season is going to be fun. You got four teams vying for a top spot in the MAC, a crazy conference, and also a one-bit league. You would suspect so it's going to be the winner of that conference tournament. But right now, Kent State is the top of that conference. It's a team we've talked about before. Um, they started hot, and it was you know it was cool. Like okay, they weren't good last year. They started hot, but some teams that start hot you got to give them credit that they've kept it up now they haven't stayed undefeated but they're 31 and 12 now 16 and 5 first place in the mac they've won five in a row charlie and they're 18 and one at home in that one home loss just a little bit of insight from our buddy tyler henry it was when half the team was sick so it shows that They are a really solid club this year. Uh, They just swept Ohio at home. Their fourth sweep at home in MAC play. Pretty impressive after not winning a MAC series a season ago. So a hot start. They've continued to play well. And uh, overall, if you're going to do and combine winners with a weekend rotation and talk about an individual when it pertains to this team, you got to talk about Mitch Scott of Kent State. He slammed the door shut three out of four times this week for the golden flashes. He got the save against Ohio state on a midweek. And then a couple over the weekend, he's got 12 on the year to lead the NCAA tied for the NCAA lead. And just a little bit of a, uh side note, if you want to check the Mac statistics on their conference website and you go look at individuals and then click saves, you won't find his name. He is not on the Mac site, not sure why, but he is on the NCAA site leading the nation in saves. He's on Kent State's site, as of course with the 12 saves. That is the correct number. Um, and he's a really good arm. Um, he he's got a ERA in the ones, whip in the sub ones, and a save of 12. Um, that's a really good weapon to have when you get into big spots, especially in the postseason, which they'll find themselves in the MAC tournament trying to get to the NCAA's.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Everyone, if you don't love and I don't love you. So I think that's a big thing there. <laughs> um, like you said, well, you can even argue it's a, a five team race because Western Michigan's in that four spot at thirteen and seven, and Ohio's yeah. right behind them at thirteen and eight. But the thing I think is odd about the Western Michigan and Ohio teams, too, they are both only have 16 wins on the year, but they have a 13-7 and 7 and 13-8, like I just said, conference record. Western Michigan's a little more understandable because I just looked through it I and mean, they've got plenty of ranked teams that they just weren't going to beat, like Iowa, LSU, and so a couple others in there, too. But, I mean, Kent State, I think, for sure is the favorite. I mean, they're sitting at 31-12 overall, 16-5 and 5 in conference play. And the thing that I think is huge for them, because I believe um, first place gets to host in the MAC, right? I believe so. If, but, if that, you know. if I am correct on that, number to, thing to watch too is Kent State is eighteen and one at home on the year. Yeah, and I think I mean it's gonna be tough though. They've got uh, for Kent State coming up.
1: They've got a huge series this weekend, and then they also sure. have. They still have to play Ball State. So, um, man, it's it's gonna be tough. But yeah, if they could have that, if they could have that advantage. Um, That would be that would be something pretty special for them, because I think it was Ball State who got that one seed a year ago and it was in Muncie, Indiana. So it just kind of depends. Hopefully for Kent State's sake, it could be in Kent, Ohio. And if it is, I
0: would uh, definitely tune in because our buddy Tyler Henry would be there. So that's Uh, pretty cool. I wonder what the most fun town is in the Mac. Because, like, no offense to any of the schools, I and mean, we went to Quincy. It's not like we exactly went to a thriving metropolis of a city for college. But um, when you hear Muncie, Indiana, it's not it's like, oh, I want to go there. I want to go go for a weekend there and party. No. I mean, I would go to a Ball State event.
1: I went there for a basketball game this yeah. year. Um, Central Michigan. I mean, you've got Western Michigan. Um, so you're talking about Kalamazoo. Um, They're home with Derek Jeter. Yeah. So that's
0: something, I guess.
1: Um, Northern Illinois, isn't that uh, DeCalb? Yep. Um yes, sir. You've got Bowling Green, of- Bowling which Green. is Bowling Green. Uh, Akron, which is Akron. Toledo, which is Toledo. Miami, which I think it is in Miami, Ohio. Ohio, i do not sure what city Ohio is in. And then Ball State's Muncie. Kent State is Kent. Um, I'm trying to figure what city is Central Michigan in. Um, probably
0: not a good one. I'm gonna guess that.
1: Probably not a good one. Probably a probably a
0: rust belt. Mount
1: uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Okay.
0: Well, maybe it's Pleasant. So who do I know? So far, I gotta say, just off names alone, I feel like in just knowing the teams, I feel like it's a two headed race between Toledo and Akron as most interesting cities to go to.
1: Yeah, Toledo, Akron, and then yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. I guess we can rock with that, but you're right. Yeah. It's not. It's a. It's a ton of cities, you know, throughout the Midwest, northern Midwestern part of the country, Um, and yeah, I, I agree. To- Toledo would be cool. I think Akron would probably be cool too. I I would agree. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Akron, but uh, one of those sure. in Ohio. Yeah, exactly. And they've got um, I mean they they're they're a cool they're a cool city. So
0: yeah, shout out to the Mac. Next, t- next time you're considering vacation, don't go to Florida. Don't go to Hilton Head. Don't go to the Bahamas. Go to Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, treat, treat your girl right. Go to Muncie. Muncie's for lovers, and something I love. Will <laughs> the Washington Huskies sweeping the USC Trojans? Huskies bounce back after dropping a series to Stanford. Understandable dropping series. Stanford's a great squad. Huskies have been good this year, but obviously not, not Stanford. At the end of the day, um, they went four and zero though over the weekend on or over the week. I should be saying. Excuse me. Only the two there's two nail nail-biter games in the first though, but then I mean they got a comfortable three run three run win on Sunday. They're now fifth in the conference in the Pac-12 at a record of eleven and nine. I hope they get into. I do you think the Pac-12 will be a five bid league this year? Because they're currently in um fifth UCLA is a game behind them, but then he, there are a couple games back of Oregon State. I actually yeah I don't they can do it. I take it back. They can do it because. I'm looking at – I don't know if these conference names are correct on the Pac-12 website the way it's set up, but either way, I think – what do you think? Would you put? give Washington a bid the season ended right now?
1: Mm, that's a good one because – I think they're in the like 60s, kind of 60s and like late 50s.
0: Because when you look at – I
1: mean, five teams is what I think would – like when we talk about the Pac-12, five teams reached the NCAA tournament last season – of course, which usually includes like when we think about this conference, um, just to answer your question, like usually a team makes it to Omaha, whether it's Stanford or Oregon State yeah. in the past. so, five teams um i think the four ranked teams right now certainly vie themselves a bit and you think washington interesting in that conversation i think washington also it could be okay they're going to be you know one of the eight uh teams in the tournament so how well do they win a couple games in the tournament do they go in barbecue so i don't know i think i think maybe how they play in the tournament could also yeah, depend that's on fair. it but if they get, if they get semis right they lock there. in I think they're right there, like I guess you could say, on the precipice of potentially uh, making it into the NCAA tournament. But it's always a tough one because uh, you never know what the committee is going to do. But, I mean, when you look, okay, five guys got there last year, Oregon State, UCLA, the Bruins, Arizona.
0: Um, But you could also say that the pack was a lot stronger last year too, I feel like. Yeah, I mean – not that it's a bad conference per se this year, but I feel like at the top the it might there. have been stronger because yeah. you had what Stanford was like top five Oregon, the whole year. Oregon, Oregon State hosted a uh, they hosted a regional, didn't they? They did, and then UCLA did too. Yeah. And this year, like it didn't get as
1: much hype preseason because it was Stanford, UCLA, and then Oregon who are ranked. But now you've got other teams in the rankings. So I think the Pac-12 maybe has been deeper at the top that's fair. than last year. Um, that's why I'm interested to see. Um, but, you know, the Huskies have done some fun stuff. So, well, I know you, been a dog. yeah, it leads the conference in home runs. So they've done some really good stuff overall and. Obviously, their head coach knows how to win. Was formerly at as the LSU pitching coach, so hopefully they can throw the ball
0: well in the postseason and everything. So, yeah, I could go for a golden age of Husky baseball the next decade. That'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think that that would just make the league
0: better. Better, yeah. Um, well, it'll, it'll lead to be once USC and UCLA leave.
1: Yeah, once they leave, they're gonna need to find another power basically in the league. Um great
0: opportunity for the oregons to step up too
1: yeah when they they've held their own i mean both yeah for the oregon's, sure. they just had that midweek uh, uh slug fest yesterday but yeah yeah oregon oregon state they've they've been good and i think yeah the washington huskies i think are a team that could play themselves into the NCAA tournament this year. And honestly, I think it is a team who who could find themselves putting together some really good seasons in the coming future because yeah. they, they've gotten
0: some good recruits there. New blood at the leadership has helped them. So, yeah. Also, I mean, I've heard I've always heard just good things about the University of Washington. Like it seems like a really like it seems like a badass place to go to school. You
1: have heard good things about him. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't good. heard
0: much about uh, going to school there. Um, well, but... it's what it's just outside. Um, I could be talking out of my ass a little bit here, but I don't think I am. It's just, it's just outside of Seattle. It's got. It's a good school. It's not like it's. Uh, I think ASU is a fine school because I think where where you go to college is semi relevant to the most part, but it doesn't have the rep of ASU, so parents would be not be like, "Oh, I'm worried Tiffany's going to ASU," but no, she's going to Washington, so it seems like air quotes like safer. Good football program rising baseball program yeah basketball kind of sucks but they have a random NBA guy every like second year so that's something to watch too um Pacific Northwest nice weather when it hits that some springtime as classes are rolling, rolling are winding down I should say plenty to do in Seattle I think, and it's also not in Seattle so it's still I feel like you get that I would imagine you get that college campus vibe and then you just happen to have a major city next to you as well
1: yes and like when you talk about their team I mean, they went to Omaha in 2018 yeah. Um. when Meg's was the head coach and then Kelly was the assistant. And now Kelly's the head coach. So like he's been to Omaha before just in 2018. Yep. And it feels like, you know, they're a team who has that ability. Teams from that league consistently make it their way to Omaha. And I think that they could be a team. And I know you're a big Husky guy, Huskies guy. So, um, back to what they did this weekend, sweeping USC, certainly a good thing. So yes, sir. Um, I had some honorable mention winners as well. Um, I think a team that we can't ignore if we're doing a D1 baseball podcast and a team that took up a lot of airtime last year, Tennessee, um, they've won eight in a row. Now look at this split, Charlie, they're 29 and four at home and they are one in nine on the road. Like, first of all, to play that many more home games than road games, shout out to our guy, you know, shout out to Mr. Vitello for doing that 29 and four at home compared to one and nine on the road, though, that, that is, that is pretty crazy to me. And then also Miami has won now three straight series and Clemson has won four straight series. So some some really, especially when you talk about Clemson in the landscape of the ACC, taking a series over the weekend at Boston College, you have to like what they did in then Miami. Um, A huge series win over the weekend, their third straight, taking down ranked opponents as they get the job done at Louisville. So both of those teams, HM honorable mention, but yeah, Charlie, I think that Tennessee's fitting that mold of what LSU did or sorry, Ole Miss did a season ago. They've won eight in a row. And man, oh man, I mean, at Georgia this weekend where they're one and nine on the road, are you going to pick Tennessee or are you going to pick Georgia? Because Georgia's good at home. Tennessee's bad on the road, but Tennessee's one eight in a row now. Yeah. And they even have a Vanderbilt sweep in there. Um, but they're so 29 and four at home. You hope they host a regional for their sake. Because oh, yeah. if, if there are two seeds somewhere, it feels like they're not going to be as competitive because they're just not as good at home.
0: It's a good point, and I'm glad you I'm glad you put the honorable mention for Clemson. I feel like that's a team. I saw you write that down. I was like, I don't think we've talked a single thing about Clemson this whole year. And that yeah. was the first time we mentioned them all season.
1: Yeah, and I love to mention teams that are worthy of mentioning, and they certainly Absolutely. are. I think they're a team now that can make the NCAA tournament, no question. Um, they're at least a team you start to think about. When you look at what they've done recently, it's it, it's really impressive. Uh, they've put, in together, they've put in themselves in a situation where you got to talk about them now. A winning yeah. record in the ACC, um, you know, 28 and they're 28-17 and overall. So, and, and they've got a guy named Caden Grice, who I think For is sure. just a great player. He was um, on uh, the Chuck cheese
0: and elite last year.
1: Yeah. And he he's an elite. He is an elite player. So I think that when you look at even at the end of March, how, how closely they played against wake, you know, it, that kind of showed you like, okay, this is, this is uh it was, they've lost a lot of close games this year when you look at Clemson's schedule, but to be able to take two of three this weekend at number 12, Boston college, we got to talk about Clemson being a winner. Um, we really do because you, you look at them, they they cracked some rankings. I know there's a bunch of different rankings, but they won twelve of their seventeen games in April. And if they can stay hot, I think they can make the postseason because um it's hard to tell what they're gonna do, but D one baseball had them as a two seed in a regional hosted by Coastal Carolina, um, in that Instagram post they had last week. So they're a team yeah. that is only trending up and they got three remaining series. Louisville, who's been ranked nearly all year, but they've Most, been struggling. Yeah. But they've been struggling, and then they've got Virginia Tech. Um, so that's going to be interesting. They do have tough midweeks, and it's going to be interesting. But yeah, Clemson—they've been really good, and you got to start putting some respect on their name because they're going to be a team you're going to be talking about in the ACC tournament and NCAA tournament.
0: That's fair, dude. Um, going on losers now. Yeah, let's do it. Hit, hit me. All right. Texas A&M is my first loser. You get swept by Arkansas. Uh, it's a tough look, obviously. I think the tougher thing now is their 9-12 in conference play. So they're kind of fighting for that spot towards the down towards the end here. And the other tough part of it is um definitely not as hard a schedule as Arkansas has coming up in the last way on the way to end the rest of the regular season, but they still have to face Florida next this weekend, Alabama and the Mississippi State to follow that. So I think they're in a tough spot at 9 and 12. They drop a couple series at Probably should have won. I they're just a weird team this year. Will I think they had a, a lot of high expectations considering how they exceeded them last year, which lost and Eagles' first year. So I mean, what do you think about them? Because they're a weird team. I'm not. I'm not super high on the eggs this year whatsoever.
1: I mean, they're impressive that coming into this weekend they had one three straight SEC series. Yeah. and I think you make a good point that this weekend was crucial. Because they have such a tough schedule coming up. Well, it's the SEC. It's going to be tough, Um, at least because you mentioned they have Florida coming up, right? Um, Yeah. But they're a team that, like, could take two of three from Florida then they have Alabama and Mississippi state to finish the year. So I think that they could win at the Alabama series and the Mississippi state series. So headed into Hoover, I think that they have an opportunity to have some momentum. And in this Arkansas series, like one of the games was a two run loss. One of the other games was a one run loss. They were also on the road in Fayetteville. So I don't get too concerned because the week before they were able to win a series on the road at Kentucky, obviously I think, um, you know that they're a good enough team, at least that they beat Missouri. They beat, won at Auburn, um, but yeah, it's it is kind of interesting when you break it down. Um, they they've been more respectable on the road, like they're six and eight on the road compared to some other SEC teams like Tennessee, eighteen and ten at home, but. Yeah, f- below five hundred in SEC play is not something you scoff at, but you think that they'll win their final two series and and have some good momentum headed into the postseason. So it is an interesting team, um, many different ways. It's kind of a different team than last year, but it felt like yeah. they were on that similar path, right? Start slow, win three straight SEC series, maybe a little blip in the radar here, but I think that just the trend of playing better baseball is there. Although this certainly did hurt their chances. There's no question. Yeah. If you even pick up one win, that helps rpi a ton if you go Absolutely. one and two on the road so and I,
0: and I will say not to negate their series wins obviously because like i mean if you win the see you're doing something right but i mean one was oldness at home next one was at auburn auburn's not great this year and then mizzou was the other one obviously the kentucky one was a big win for sure can't take that away from them but then you know they went zero and four on the weekend on the week because they lost sam houston state um but the thing is to the floor like i think they're gonna lose to florida most likely The Bama series, definitely very winnable. I would not be surprised if they won that one. And the Mississippi State one is a little bit more of a coin toss because it's at Mississippi State. So, you know, it's always hard to play at uh, Noble Field. So we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, like, you're right. If they obviously – if they win out – let's say they win out, I mean, I'm not worried about them as much then at all. Yeah. And, like, last
1: year, I really liked the one-two punch they had with uh, Micah Dallas and Nathan Detmer. Yeah. And Detmer had, like, a sub-five ERA. He was 6-3. and Uh this year his ERA is not as good. Um their pitching just overall hasn't been great this year. Um uh, they have a five-six team ERA. He has a ERA north of six right now. I um, and he's one in three, so he has had a lot of no decisions. Um, you know, Ash and Beck has actually been their best starter. He's six and one. Um, or sorry, he's just been their best pitcher. He's 16 relief appearances, but he's 6-1 with a sub-4. But again, their best hitter has been their best hitter from last year, Jack Moss. So Jack Moss has been their big guy. The addition of Hunter Haas has been pretty good. So it's an interesting team. Um, but overall, I, I like how that's a loser because it certainly hurt them. My next loser is a lot of arms who pitch in the Big Ten who have had to face Matt Shaw over the last handful of years. Fair. He hit 522 over the weekend. Maryland went 5-0 and for the week. Um, they got a road sweep, as you detailed earlier. He went 12 for 23, Charlie, with four home runs, scored 12 runs last week also. About a week ago, I think today, he became the all-time home run king. And for a team that hasn't lost a series since April 2021 in Big Ten play, um, I'm going to say sorry. The rest of the Big Ten, when you have to face a big body that hit a ball over 500 feet this year, um, that's going to be my loser, especially cherry on the top, to be the home run king and then also just have an incredible week in the process of doing that pretty cool
0: yeah congrats to Matt Shaw um he's a dog he was a big dog last year I think he got a time I said a smidge overshadowed by Bubba Eileen last year because I Bubba was a dog of a player too Matt Shaw is incredible as well um so what is what was the number he had to break I didn't see that do you know
1: the career home run record yeah um it was 40 let's see so he had 40. He broke the program record after he hit his 44th. Okay,
0: so, gotcha. So um, it was 43. He was tied with it at 43.
1: Yeah, so he broke the program record. Um, he had 43, hit 44. Um, And it's I think it's impressive, too, for a guy who who is at the shortstop position to be able to launch balls out of the out of the yard like this. And he's a junior. He broke the record in one hundred forty six career games, less than three full seasons on the damn diamond, Charlie. And he's still able to do it. So he might even add to that total as they play the rest of this year um, overall. So that's pretty
0: good. That's why he's going to probably be a first round pick this summer. That's right. Um, I'm going back to I've been doing this a lot. I realized, because I think all my lose, all my losers teams they played were winners for me because my next loser is Indiana. You know, for as I always say, you get swept by a conference opponent that makes the loss just a little bit worse. Um, gut punch, I would say. But I would also like because they just beat the shit out of them. Like if you well, do you know the meme where it's Ralph going, "Stop! You're killing them."
1: Um, that's a good voice. And Thank I don't you, know if it. I, I don't know if but I've seen that. You'll have to send me that.
0: I'll I'll see. I'll tell you, what, Maryland had them saying, who's your daddy, but they're still in a good position in the end with a 31 and 14 record on the season. I'm not worried about Indiana really getting to this tournament. I still think they have a good shot at possibly winning the whole thing. Obviously Maryland's cooking at the right time though. Um, I'm looking at their away record though. They're eight and nine. And since we're talking a lot about away way record so far in this episode well I've got a question for you do you think it's harder to win on the road in college than it is in the in the, the pros because my reason for that my thinking would be not the D1 guys are having you know, like are mucking it up or anything they're not living in the slums but the travel on top of school where your job's not solely baseball and then the way you have to travel do you think it's a lot that takes a bit greater toll than it would for you know, guys on the MLB who are so oh, we have a a a West Coast series this weekend we're just going to fly charter stay in a nice hotel and then just put, kick it in san francisco for three days
1: i think it, that's a, that's a really good point because with college i feel like it's talked about more because you just play on the weekends, so it's like we're going here when you're yeah. going through the middle of 162 when you're a team from the midwest like the cubs or the cardinals or the reds you might go out to the west coast to play seattle san francisco yeah. and the dodgers and then come back for a homestand so they're i think it's I don't know. That's a really good point because when you look at the home and road splits, even in the MLB, like there are some staggering ones, but we're still early in the year. Like, okay, the Rays, they're really damn good at home. But yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious. I don't know. I think that you probably see more striking win percentages at home in college at the top level, just because for two reasons, I think some teams are just such good so much better than other teams in their own conference and you see total domination rather than the MLB when you know they have the draft and they have salary caps when they try to balance out all 30 teams yeah. um so i think that's a factor of it and then some of the just the the home field advantages with the heckling and the and the atmosphere and and the gamesmanship that you see more at the college level i think that you can get a little bit uh more of uh an advantage sometimes At home in college, not to say that when, you know, you're in the dog days of summer, having to play at Bush stadium and it's super hot and you're not used to that coming from, you know, Milwaukee or coming from a team, like, you know, it is an advantage at times, but overall, I think the home cooking in college can sometimes be a little more friendly.
0: And I know I've talked about them a lot already, but that makes me wonder then how UCLA and USC will adapt. Not only the travel of playing in the big 10 for baseball, but I mean, March in California is a hell of a lot different than March in Iowa, you know, Mm -hmm. the weather's huge. Yeah. And so i will be curious to how that's going to affect them early on, because I'm sure they'll eventually have to do some stuff that will help them get more prepared for that, possibly, especially we all know how hard it is to play baseball at times when it's just freezing cold that you feel like you're moving at half your speed.
1: Well, you think about this. Um, every year, when the Patriots have to go down to Miami, everyone always talks about, you know, they've got to get ready for the cold. Like conditions are such a big thing that I yeah. think gets slept on in sports. They're like, oh, how are they going to play in Miami um, when they're not used to the heat? That's what I meant. Yeah. I think I messed that up. But That's, like okay. going down and playing in the heat, everyone early in the year, when teams have to go play the Dolphins, all, and that's the storyline going into the week is like, they're not going to be as ready because they haven't been through that heat or like when a team has to go play a mile high with the oxygen. And yeah. like, so I think of that when you are at home and their conditions are extreme, it certainly helps. I mean, shoot, we can go look at Mexico city last week. The elevation was 2000 feet higher than course field and it was bombs away playing on rookie yeah. mode. So um that I think it can affect it. But at the end of the day, like, the conditions are the, always the same for both teams, but I think it obviously is an advantage if you're at least more used to those conditions. And at the college level, I think sometimes those could be different, like different divots in the field or whatever. I don't know. So <laughs> it is it is an interesting thing. For sure. So that moves us along to my next loser. It's Old Dominion, Charlie. Old Dominion, Texas State won a series, and it was huge for their RPI. They beat Old Dominion. So now Old Dominion is behind Coastal, Southern Miss, Troy, and Texas State in the standings. Damn. But and, – and that's how good they were to start the year, and that's how just how good the Sun Belt is. I mean, we've been so repetitive on this fact, but when you have Southern Miss, who's won seven in a row, has been really hot watch out, and then Troy, Texas State – all up there with Coastal as well, which you know they've been in the top ten this year. We know how good they are. I think that's a a loss in that respect for Old Dominion with uh, having Texas State jump them in the standings, and then also I think that it's also a something that use this loss as motivation because. You look at your next few weekends, it feels like they could win. They've got Arkansas State, JMU, and Georgia State as their next three series. So I think they ultimately could win all of those and be right back toward the top of the Sun Belt standings, which are really fun when you shape them up like that with uh, the, the top of the Sun Belt with some really good teams. Um, the conference I think is going to get shaken up over the next couple weeks, really. Coastal, of course, trying to hang on to that top spot. Southern Miss breathing down their neck, although Coastal's got that uh, advantage in terms of the head-to-head. So it's going to be fun to see.
0: Yeah, and I think you make a great point about that because, like you mentioned, Coastal, Southern Miss, Georgia, Southern Texas State, App State, and Troy are all ahead of Old Dominion in, in the conference. But if you look at the conference records for those guys, Troy, Old Dominion's had Troy, Louisiana, South Alabama, and Georgia State all at eleven and ten on the season in conference play, and even then, like Coastal, like has a, like they're not going to catch Coastal unless the Coastal absolutely implodes. But Old Dominion, even though they are at eleven and ten, there's still a chance. They can still get top three in the, the conference pretty easily. Like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's still wide open.
1: With their remaining schedule, I would think ODU is going to go on a run here these last final weeks of the regular oh, it's, season.
0: It's, it's def- oh, for sure, because I am. There's also only three teams in this whole conference that are sub uh with 22 wins. Yeah. Arkansas State's 15 and 26, ULM's 15 and 29, and then Marshall's 16 and 25. Then James Madison who's in fourth to last is 24 and 19.
1: Yeah, and that's they play JMU and Arkansas State the next couple of weeks. So it's going to yeah. be it's I think ODU is going to want to run, they can rake, they can I think they honestly have one of the better pitching staffs in the league too. I just I guess I put them as a loss because I like them. Um, it doesn't make it easier for them. So I think it's a good loss for sure. Right. It it, it makes things, I like them. So I, it's kind of like, Oh, I'm disappointed that they lost Texas state is a good team, but I thought it was a loss because if they could get a series win over Texas state, imagine the momentum they would have with three quote unquote easier. I'm not, I put quotes up because nothing's easy in this league, but quote unquote easier series. First, not the Coastals, not the southerns, not the Texas States to finish the year. They honestly could have won the league. It felt like if they won this series. So that just hurt their chances, of course, because they're not going to take seven teams from the Sun Belt. So they know they need to win these series to get into the NCAA tournament. So
0: is the Sun Belt the best non-power five this year? I think I it, asked it is. Before. Uh,
1: I think it is. And I think it was last year, too. Um
0: yeah, you so know, I think I last think... year it didn't feel as much because Southern Miss had a more sizable lead. Right. I agree with that. I think it's better. It's a better league this year. It's more competitive this year, yeah. um, up
1: and down, especially the top five, six, seven teams. And you talk about all the teams right up there at 11 and 10. Um, so I think the the league is deeper. It's more competitive. And I think it's also subjective when you ask, is it the best league? What does that mean? Is it the most competitive league? Because when you look at the Mac, like, okay, that race is great. Yeah. But those teams aren't as good as the teams in the Sun Belt. And um, yeah, so I'd say it, this is just as competitive, though. Like not maybe yeah. not for first
0: maybe not for first place itself, I guess, but I imagine the sun belt will be more like I don't think there'll be necessarily a three bid conference possibly but they're gonna get two guys and two teams in this comp conf- in the playoffs for sure,
1: right, and so when you talk about I think the sun belt could get three in, yeah. in the n c a a um. I don't know. Well, it's going to be interesting. I think that's all we can say um, because we don't know. But I think you could see multiple teams from this league, unlike the Mac that is going to see one or the A-10 that's going to see one or the CAA. They'll probably just see one um, or the Mac with the two A's might just see one. Um, But like so they're definitely – in that conversation of being one of the strongest non-power fives or uh power fours. Um, but overall, I think that they, if they get the most bids from a non-power five, you could say, okay, they are the best non-power five. If you want to go out with that,
0: then I would say, yes, they are. Cause they are going to get the most bids. I think. Yeah, it's possible, man. I mean, I mean, Troy is sitting at what fifth, and they're third, third, um, thirty-one and fifteen. That's more wins than Southern Miss and Coastal Georgia Southern and App State, who are all ahead of them in the rankings right now for power. From not power, I mean for conference standings.
1: Yeah, and that's why that conference tournament is amazing. Like yeah. that conference tournament. That's why I'm so disappointed that the Big West doesn't do a conference tournament. Because I would love to uh, see. Yeah, I would love to see Cal State Fullerton and UC Santa Barbara and UC San Diego. They've all been great this year. Yeah. I, I think the Big West is at least at the top. Like Cal State Fullerton has just gone off Dogs. this year. They have gone off this year. I don't know. No one picked them in the small school, did they? Or no, they Ryan Call- did. Ryan yeah, Kelleher. Uh, Ryan Kelleher did. had a snipe because it was his last. It was his round five pick. Yeah, because he honestly was bad last year on the yeah. at the small schools and you know it's funny about that he's going off this year what i
0: want to do I, i'm gonna after the season's over i'm gonna i want to see if we had kept if we all drafted the exact same teams as last year and see and see how they have done because like ryan um ryan did have northeastern last year in central michigan yeah so like you never know no,
1: he might just be a year off um, and I don't know. I,
0: he he did still he did pick Bryant and Western Carolina with his first two picks. So that definitely wasn't helping him. But yeah, so. Did.
1: Shout out to you Ryan. Um you picked Cal State Fullerton and they're 17 and 4 in the Big West. So yeah. um that that's right. and I picked UC Santa Barbara. I thought that that was the pick in the Big West and yeah, it uh, just shows you how much we know about college baseball. Not that much. We're just watching just like you guys. We're so. trying our
0: best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's No, but that that's another conference when you look at it. They're pretty fun to watch too. Um that just came
0: to mind. Oh, absolutely. I love the um, Big West. I we got robbed of, it. You make a great point, but I wish that about you wishing they had a conference tournament because could you imagine last year the amount of talent they had over there? Been awesome.
1: Yeah, like Drew Thorpe going and trying to have Polly go on a run, and I think Thorpe's going to get to the show like pretty soon. Um, Who drafted
0: him? I totally forgot. Um, He went like round two or three, didn't he?
1: Yeah, Drew Thorpe. He went to let's see, Yankees. Okay, that's that's
0: Yankee pitcher. It sounds like it. But yeah. it, Drew Thorpe's a great point, but I was thinking about the idea of Santa Barbara versus Cal Poly and just watching the Jordan Sprinkle versus Brooks Lee shortstop off.
1: Yeah, that no, that's amazing. And uh, I agree, and and a little um like you talk about that's first round talent, Team USA talent. Yeah. That, the Big West had a ton of talent; they still do this year. Um, but you know that's just Fullerton, man. You can't you can't look at yeah. those standings, be like Fullerton's going off like college. I've you said it before: college baseball is better when Cal State Fullerton's yep. good because they have that program dominance. They're truly one of the greatest programs of all time with their historical success. And just a little note on Drew Thorpe, he is the seventh-ranked prospect in the Yankees farm system, ETA 2025, according to MLB.com. But, yeah, um, speaking of tournaments, yeah, the Riverwalk Stadium is where the Sunbelt Tournament will be held, so I wonder if the ball will be flying out of there or not. Um, Walking
0: on the river, baby.
1: Yeah. Running some balls, though. Yeah, you can run in you can run into some stuff. That's for sure. Um Montgomery it's home with the Montgomery Biscuits. So Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it's minor league stadium. Hopefully the ball can fly. So where were we? You have another loser?
0: Yes, I have one more than you finish off with your last one. All right. Stick with my theme of just picking the loser from my winners. USC, you get swept by Washington. I USC has been weird because um, they've been up and down all year, so it's hard to get a read on them. So I really don't know how I feel about them as a team overall because they've been swept out of the two of the three last series they played in. But they also got a series win over UCLA, sandwiched in between that. The thing that concerns me, Will, though, is now they're dropped down to seventh in the Pac-12. Really puts their postseason in jeopardy, in my opinion. Obviously, if they do something crazy, they can always get back into that. But the thing that's really concerning, they're four and tw- they're four, 4-12-1 away this year. It's not exactly great whatsoever when it comes to playing on the road. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um and if that, I if I remember correctly, yeah. I'll keep going, sorry, but I'm looking for schedules. Yeah, you know,
1: it is a struggle on the road. USC they have been an interesting team. And I don't think I mean, you know, you talk about is a team a fraud our team frauds or are they good? Um it's and it's you know, hard to figure out this team. Um, so I think you put together you put together a pretty good point, but you're definitely spot on with them being a loser for this weekend, because to be able to lose three straight games at Washington hurt them, not because Washington's that bad of a team. Washington's good. You had him as a winner, but she yeah. lose the one game in extras by two. You lose the next game by one. Then you lose the next game by three. So they just yeah. like all nail biters. They couldn't come through. And then. You know, they got to play Fullerton today. Then they got to play Oregon and then Arizona State and then Arizona the next three weekends. So when you look at that, headed into Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Pac-12 tournament, two of their next three opponents are teams toward the top of the conference. So in Arizona, there's no slouch at Tucson. So it's tough sledding upcoming for USC. I agree it's a loser.
0: Yeah, and they lost yesterday to Long Beach State. They play Fullerton today as we're recording, and they're at Fullerton, which is tough. The good news for USC, though, is – not only do they have a chance to really climb back up the RPI boards, but they they face Oregon at home. Though they face them at NUSC's home park. Following weekend, they face Arizona State at their own park as well. And then they finish off the season at Arizona. So if they can pick up those two, maybe they have a fighting chance. I'm not too optimistic for them, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, and they're twenty and five at home, so maybe they can play well. Some Pac-12 teams have played really well at home. They love their baseball. They've got great stadiums in the Pac-12 um I want to continue to try to get out to some just because you know when you go look at the coliseums you know they're yeah. amazing some of these baseball fields and stadiums in the Pac12 so with that being said I'm going to move and rather quickly through this one because there's not much to say other than it's kind of a surprise, other than anything else, Louisville. Uh, they've lost seven of their last nine ACC games. They're 9-12 and 12 in league play. They're a loser for me after their actions that were committed on the baseball field this past weekend. They lost a series to Miami, and overall that is my closing thoughts with that they they have struggled <laughs> mightily, Charlie. The, when you look at a Louisville program, a team that we saw, you know, vying for a spot in the top ten earlier this year, to now lose seven of your last nine ACC games and drop a third consecutive series, it's it's a it's a concern for sure, and uh, they're definitely not helping their causes in any way, shape, or form right now.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, it's tough, especially because, I mean, for a long time, it kind of looked like they were going to host a regional, possibly, going going through the year. Um, They faced a really hot team in Clemson this upcoming week, and then they've got Virginia and then finish off with of Florida State. So, I mean, they could make a ground. I still think they're a really talented team. I think they could win any of those series. Virginia will be hard, but I don't know, every time I pick Virginia, they just seem to lose, so maybe that'll be a good thing for Louisville. But I mean it's weird dude uh they've really fallen off the rails here for a little bit they and they really need to get it going pronto.
1: Yeah, it's it's honestly just a surprise with how good this program has been. Um and, and it's no shade at Miami. I love this Miami team. You kind of put yeah. me on them honestly. Uh, CJ Cafes. Exactly. They got a big first baseman that does great things. They've got some arms. They got the best closer in the country. And honestly when you look at their schedule and I kind of looked at that a little bit last week, they played a ton of tough teams early in the year that they lost close games to on the road. Um, so to be those road dogs, they finally, their road tech. This Miami team's tested. I'm telling you, they're going to make some noise um, yeah. in the postseason. So they're a good team. And again, if it's a one run game, it's over. It doesn't make you all you, you only need a half run with their closer. So um, they're pretty good. And overall Louisville coming at the hands of that loss. Uh, they're my third loser. So now we move on to the weekend rotation and um, let's get it started. Do you mean to go first? I can. Friday, Seth Keener is my guy. We talk so much about the wake rotation, Charlie, but um, you know they got the best arm in the country in Rhett Louder, but and Sean Sullivan who's second in the country in case per nine. But how about Seth Keener or Hardell who's really good, but how about Seth Keener? He leads the country in ERA. The only fu- qualified pitcher in America with a sub one right now with a .82 not to mention his teammate Rhett Lowder's fifth in the country in ERA. All he did this week is help uh, a wake team. Mercy rule the sixth ranked team of the country had the pleasure to watch this game and nearly every pitch and he just had five innings of one run ball honestly against one of the best offenses in the country like coastal was ranked sixth not because they're pitching their pitching is not that good but their bats are really good and Seth Keener shut him down on the midweek that was pretty big for wake um, mercy were on a team like I don't know they couldn't move up anymore they were just second yeah. so yeah. but but like I thought the way he threw just shows me like okay it's not just louder Sullivan Hartle it's Keener it's Manasseh. it's I mean they've got such a good staff it's truly one of the best in the country they're a complete team and Seth Keener's getting some
0: love for my Friday night yeah shout out to Seth Keener man Probably hats off love when anybody shoves dude you know me I'm an absolute slut for good pitching so you love to see it uh my first winner and we're going with Friday F-R-E-Y because Will my season statistics that I'll be reading off are brought to us by our good friend Robert Fry and his website Fryalytics. everybody if you like a little bit of advanced stats, go check out Robert's website. I mean, he's, I think, one of the greatest minds in college baseball going right now. Dude's going to be a monster, and he's still a monster. And speaking of monsters, Will, the monster of Matt Horvath at UNC this weekend. 9 of 16, 1 double, five homers, 19 RBIs, 829 WOBA. I mean, he absolutely raked over the weekend. I think he's been U- UNC's best player, and that's speaking of a team that has Vance Honeycutt that shares the same lineup with Matt. But on mm. the season, Will, on the year. Mac Horvath 3.13 average uh 1157 OPS 19 homers a 14% walk rate you know me I love my boys that can walk it walk it like I talk it and then a 423 ISO which is absolutely preposterous the dude can absolutely slug it i think he's one of the under talked about players in the country i'm a big Mac Horvath guy and he is that's why he's my friday guy
1: yeah, he is, I mean, really good. I mean, as a sophomore last year, he had 18 home runs, and it felt like nobody talked about him because yeah. the Honeycutt was doing – the most unbelievable things ever. All of a sudden this year, he's got 19 damn homers and he's hitting 313. He's been really good for the Tar Heels and they're an interesting team as well. They're they're 11 and 11 in conference play, 28 and 17. But yeah, talk about tearing the cover off the baseball. That is exactly what he did. And they're able to take a, a couple of games against uh, your guys, Virginia Tech. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yes, sir.
1: My Saturday guy is a guy I've used before. We go out West to West Virginia and the Mountaineers after picking up honors from the big 12. It's he's a grad student. His name is Blaine Traxwell. You probably heard of him because he's on the mound more than anybody in the country. He has thrown some of the most innings in the country and you wonder why. Well, all he did this past week, Charlie, is he picked up another complete game and, uh, <laughs> and that's a, uh, he has done some pretty dominant things. He was dominant against Baylor this past weekend. It was a complete game shutout for him. He struck out six, didn't walk a soul and allowed just six hits. He doesn't walk anybody. It's when you look at his numbers, it's really impressive. And that's why he goes complete games. But he leads the nation now with five complete games. And he just had his first shutout of the year. Um, He's the first power five pitcher to go the distance five times since Taylor Bloom of Maryland in 2016. It's the 10th complete game of his career, having thrown five as an undergrad student at CSUN. So um, on the season, he's now six and three with a 305 ERA with 59 strikeouts in 79 and a third. So he's not striking out a ton, but 79 and a third innings already um, the second most innings in the nation. So that's pretty good. And Charlie, just to combine it, because I said we're going out west, it's not just Blaine Traxel doing things. How about arguably one of the best players in the country also doing big things for him? Have you heard of him? He has the name of Weatherholt. You know, he returned wow. He returned to the starting lineup for the first time since mid-April, helped the Mountaineers to a 4-0 week. Um, they maintained their hold in the Big 12 standings and not just – Traxel's big effort he hit 529 with three home runs and a triple a 1700 OPS over the weekend he raked in the midweek he did everything well and JJ he leads the nation in nearly he's toward the top of the nation in every category how about this Charlie he is leading the big 12 in average at 463 OPS above thirteen hundred. He has eleven homers and seventeen doubles as well, and gets on fifty-two percent of the time, which also leads the conference. He's third in the country in average, fourth in the country in stolen bases per game. So you got tracks on most complete games. You got JJ Weatherholt, who's been one of the best players in the country. He's back. West Virginia's back. They're a really good team, and they're exciting. Probably the only Big Twelve team you really should get fired up about. Yeah, it's fair. West.
0: Oh shit! Drop my vacuum. Um. Yeah, JJ Weatherholt. Dog, this West Virginia has been one of the more pleasant surprises on the year. Uh, I mean, they're dogs, dude. I don't know what else to really say. And speaking of dogs, I've talked a lot about Maryland today, and I'm not going to stop now. If you thought so, it's on you, brother. Kevin Keister, Maryland, on the weekend, will he was, I think, the biggest driving force behind the Maryland dominance this weekend over Indiana in the sweep, considering he went 11 of 21 with three doubles, four homers, 15 RBIs and a 7.54 Woba, but on the year, brought to you by Lytics, 287 average, an 8.91 OPS, six homers, an 18% walk rate, and then a 3.47 Babbitt on the year. I mean, he's been one of their best bats. Obviously, Matt Shaw is the star of this team, rightfully so, but that does not mean he's still not a dog in his own right, and he was, a, I think, the biggest point of victory for Maryland this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's a really good pick. Um, he's been a dog, and Maryland – is an impressive team, kind of like West Virginia. I would kind of like to see a West Virginia play Maryland right now. Uh, I'd be, two I'd teams be about out it. of the big. Um, that would be kind of cool. When you talk two similar teams out of the big – I feel like the bigs, you know, they're not like the uh, Southeastern's, you know, or the Packs, but they can still do some I like.
0: Things. I like that you call them the bigs. It's, I like that. I'm going to start using that. The Big
1: 12s, the, the big, big 10s. Big. Yeah. They the should combine. Tw- yeah. The Big Twenty Two. Yeah, they should. They should make a tournament with uh, you know, maybe the top four teams from each and it's just called the bigs. Yeah.
0: College should, baseball should that's not a bad idea. Cause like, you know, um they'll do the ACC, like Big Ten showdown or whatever each year for basketball, or they have like each team play a team from the other conference. They should do that for baseball for weekend. The big challenge. Yeah. yeah.
1: The SEC Pac twelve challenge would be cool yeah. because you guys they could meet in the middle, play a game at course or something. Oh my gosh, yeah. that'd be cool. Oh,
0: that would be so sweet.
1: Yeah, so we're getting ideas out here. And how about this one? Don't get any ideas about a Wait, young man. Maybe not course, though, because
0: it's going to be snowing and that if they're playing early season. But Arizona works just as well, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: you could play at a spring training facility. Those or, are d boxes. Yeah. D-Backs is that. Chase, I mean, Chase is a hike, though to i mean centers uh, i don't know actually chase i don't know if it's pitcher or hitter friendly it's not it
0: it's hitter friendly. Like it's, it, it feels like it's oh chase is hitter friendly i think it's top five they might have like changed conditions to tweak that but i remember like that being a big thing when they had the home run derby there when robbie cano won with his dad throwing to him
1: yeah i know the first one is obviously cores um yeah. The Reds is very hitter-friendly. Honestly, I think PNC Park, for some reason, whenever I watch games, I think PNC Park is hitter-friendly. What's a pitcher-friendly park? I don't even know. Um, the
0: Padres was to move the, the yeah. fence in. Like a- the
1: Mets really was to so move. The Shea yeah. Stadium was. um Facts. So yeah, I it's, think, it, I they think feel the like everyone's moving towards Cardinals yeah. is on the verge it's, it's a, it's of future friendly. Pretty, yeah, it's very balanced. I would say the birds are. Yeah, because they're, what, 338, 339, 340s to the gaps or whatever, 400-something. They're pretty true. They're probably like the medium. All right, sorry. This is a D1 baseball podcast. (laughs) Um, Tanner Hall of Southern Miss is my next winner. And in terms of winner, he is in my weekend rotation, and he's going to be my Sunday guy. Charlie, we talked a lot about Tanner Hall last year. He's one of the best pitchers in the country. He's done a lot of things throughout his career, but what he did this past weekend he's never done before. And that's strike out 15 batters. So the that's Southern, surprising. Yeah. A career high for him. Um, while limiting Arkansas State to just three hits, seven innings pitched, 15Ks. Um he struck out at least two red wolves in five of the seven innings. He struck out the side a couple times. He improved to eight and three on the season, winning six of his seven Sun Belt starts this year. Um, his eight victories ranked second in the conference. He's tied for sixth in the nation as well. He has a two seven seven ERA over sixty five innings, which also paces the conference. And it was big for him because obviously Southern misses one seven in a row and is kind of a bounce back outing for Tanner Hall as well. So 15Ks for the young man, career high.
0: He's my Sunday guy. Seven innings. He's doing the job. Great pick. Cause I'm glad we talked a little bit about Tanner Hall. Because we felt like we talked about it every week, deservedly really so last year the way he was dominating with Southern Miss and co. But speaking of dominance, Will, I'm going to go with another guy. Didn't have 15 Ks. He only had 14 Ks, so I guess not as good. But nine innings, one hit, 14 Ks. That is Jake Shirk out of Wright State, a team, since we're talking about so much about teams that we drafted last year, that was a team first round pick by Robert Fry, which works out perfectly considering he is my unpaid sponsor for this episode and these numbers here. But on the year for Shirk or Shirk, (laughs) 4.74 ERA, 62 and 2 thirds innings pitched, 54 strikeouts, 2.66 opponent batting average. I mean, solid numbers overall. You'd love that the ERA, lower, but honestly happy for Jake and how he played this weekend. You always love saying that cuz he was a, one hit away from the no-hitter.
1: Yeah, that's that's called dealing.
0: Or, he was one hit away, I think, from the perfect game cuz I don't think he walked anybody. And you're talking, man, he was one out away. I guess more or less. Yeah. Right state, man. I, I, I'm glad you I don't think we've talked about them. I guess you could say they're in the right state of mind.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Thank Just you. like um our unpaid sponsor. I love that. <laughs> we might have to we might have to negotiate a contract with our buddy. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, all right. Um series picks now. Yes, sir. Um last week was a good week uh for me.
0: Yes. Okay week for me. Not um, great.
1: So we had Miami Louisville last week, Miami won. Kentucky Vanderbilt last week, Vanderbilt won. Arizona State at Oregon, Oregon won. UCLA at Stanford, Stanford won. Mm-hmm. And then Duke at Virginia, Duke won. I went 4 and 1, you went 2 and 3. You're now 32-16 and 2. I'm <laughs> I'm 30-18 and 2. So you've got a 2-game lead on me with a couple weeks left in the regular season. I don't know if we're going to yeah. do it for the postseason. Maybe Super's we could do it.
0: Um, super. we can you know, begin. We could do we could get some of the boys in on that too, maybe a little pool, yeah. The supers we could do, um, yeah, yeah, because that's just a regular series, all right.
1: So, but yeah, so it's really close. You got two game lead. Um, I had a,
0: I, I'm glad I had a good week because I made up a couple games. So, yeah. let's uh get into we, it. We, we got, got some- we've got we've got a maction level first matchup, but also maxion level uh race we got between the two of us going on right now. Well, oh yeah, Rackers. that's Rackers. true.
1: That's true. Speaking of the Mac, our first series, Western Michigan at Kent state, two teams in the top four, Western Michigan's been hot, uh, Charlie Dave won six in a row, but Kent state's won five in a row. Uh, Kent state's been really good at home. Western Michigan has been really good in conference play. Not as good as Kent, but two teams toward the top. It's going to be a tough series for both teams. Who do you got?
0: I'm taking the Kent state golden flashes. Um uh, I do think they're the best team in this conference. Also, um, when Tyler Henry came on, Tyler just kind of convinced me of how good Kent State was this year because it, he kind of showed me the way, and I'm all about it now. So, Kent State. Yeah, he was a great salesman, um, um, and that's what you want to
1: be as an ambassador for a program, so I'm proud of him for that. I'm going Kent State, too. 18-1 Eight, at home is hard to ignore, although both teams have won – um. Rattled off victories or coming off sweeps like five in a row for Kent, yeah. six in a row for Western Michigan. Western Michigan's overall records deceiving. It's going to be a tough series. I do not think Kent State sweeps. I think they squeak out to a three win a rubber match. Oh, this is going to be a really good series, and I would yeah. not be shocked at all if Western Michigan won it.
0: I'm with you there. It's going to be a battle for sure. Next one should be a battle too. Number 25, Northeastern at UNCW. Mm-hmm. Will you have it in the parentheses here? Massive series. Top two teams in the CAA right now. I'm taking Northeastern. This is the one I feel like I just I'm picking them because I think my that's what my brain thinks, but I feel like it's just gonna screw me over.
1: Yeah. On the road at UNC Wilmington, they're a team that's consistently been good. They've made regionals in the past. They're a team that does a lot of good things yeah. in life. Um, They're a great program. Same with Northeastern over the last couple of years, they've trended in such a strong direction and they don't lose many games. It's hard to pick against them. When you look at them, second best win percentage in the country. Um, But I look at UNC Wilmington, they swept them last year on the road at Northeastern for Northeastern was a good team last year as well. Um, And now they got them at home this year. I'm going to pick them winning and I'm going to pick UNC Wilmington, getting the victory to kind of shake things up in the CAA standings. There are a couple, it's hard to make up, two games and a three game set because say they go two and one then okay they make up a game but then they would just be a game out if they take two or three at home and they'd be right there with Northeastern the top two teams in the CAA and honestly if you want this might be the most competitive series of the weekend um, Western Michigan yeah. Kent State, two of the best teams in the Mac this is one and two in the CAA two teams kind of fighting for their life because they know they want to be that top seed come regular yeah. season time have the best track in the postseason tournament and I'm gonna to go with Wilmington at home they've been a good team at home this year and it's going to be interesting I, I honestly got to tune into this one I have not watched a ton of CAA action Northeastern is the reason to
0: watch so it, it, UNC Wilmington is the two best at it so it'll be fun absolutely I'm pumped for it next one I'm pumped for it too we got a big 10 matchup baby Maryland versus Maryland at home against Nebraska Nebraska's been cooking. They're not a bad team whatsoever, but I think it's massive for Nebraska if they potentially win this. So that shoots them up the leader the leaderboards in the Big Ten. I'm taking Maryland though. I think they're the highest team in the Big Ten. I still think they're the most talented team in the Big Ten. Uh, Matt Charlotte, who talked about a lot today, is on a roll. Kevin Keister's coming off a great weekend. Jason Savickel pretty darn good. I'm going with the Maryland Terrapins, especially because home and field advantage came such a big advantage.
1: Yeah, it is, and I think when you look at this, Maryland's just coming off the weekend sweep at Indiana seven in a row. I'm not going to pick Maryland against a big 10 team. Um, I'm not going to pick them to lose because one, like, I mean, there's many reasons, but the big thing is Maryland hasn't, they've given me no reason to pick against them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Against big 10 teams. And they just be Indiana on the road, seven in a row. I've got Maryland winning this one um, overall. And they're, tr- they're hosting Nebraska, right? Man, the Maryland's at home for this. Yes. Win, they're me at me home. mistaken. So yeah, even, even more reason to pick them, but yeah, Maryland's going to win this one. I think
0: I like it. I like it. Next one. will we got an ACC matchup. I know we're both going with it, but we got to say it anyways. Number 19, Boston college at number two, wake. Top two teams in the Atlantic. I'm taking Wake Forest. I haven't picked against them yet this year. I'm not going to start doing it now. I'm taking the Wake Forest team Deacon. It's, not, it's no shade to Boston College. I just think it's how good Wake is. Yeah,
1: I don't think um you you know which way I'm going. Um, Wake's yeah. been my favorite team all year. I think I've thought they've been the best team in the country for a while now. If you look at one of my tweets uh, earlier in the year and, you know, got some hate. But um, overall, I Who'd think you get hate from um, got some people replying. What was the tweet? I remember it was about, you know, if they wanted to play Campbell or not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's like overall, when you look at this, like Boston College has been interesting. They, I mean, they've been, kind of, they've been good this year. they swept North Carolina on the road. And then the following weekend, they lose at home to Clemson. Shows you how good Clemson's been. So Boston College has the ability, like they sweep a North Carolina team that's ranked a Feel like they can do some good things, but mm, 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 not at Wake Forest, not at Winston Salem, North Carolina. I'm picking the Demon Deacons every
0: day of the week. Um, for this good luck. Last one, though. Will. another (laughs) banger of a series. Number seven, Stanford at number 20, Arizona State. I'm Mm. taking Stanford. I just think they're a flat out great squad. I know they're going on the road, and we talked about a lot about how home team has such a good advantage, but I'm still taking Stanford. I think they're that good. Also, I said this before we recorded. I simply can't pick Arizona State right. So it's probably wise if you just choose Arizona State because I get every single time, I get them wrong every single time.
1: I was considering it man like they're 20 and 5 at home they need the momentum because it's the one and two teams in the Pac-12 standings right now Stanford's first Arizona State second just a half game behind headed into this weekend and like overall when you look at the Pac-12 Arizona's ranked Arizona State's ranked Oregon's ranked Oregon State's ranked four ranked teams but I just I went through every scenario in my head and I just don't think there's a way like here's how I think I think Arizona State honestly has more offensive firepower um than Stanford, but Stanford's yeah. front end is like Quinn Matthews is truly one of the least talked about superstars oh, he's in the sport sport college baseball. I just feel like he's going to set the tone for Stanford in this series in regionals and super regionals. Like that's why this Stanford team can get to Omaha because their bullpen is getting better and better and better. He's such a good frontline starter and that sets the tone for the weekend. I think that's ultimately what's going to happen with camp. I can't like, I, I don't know. Um, if Campos was healthy, like already this offense is unreal. Like you've talked yeah. about so many guys, like they, I think have the best power offense in the uh, pack 12. Um, so like, and, and they're at home 20 and five at home. Uh, but I just, I got to go Stanford. It just feels like at this time of the year, they're always going to be playing better and better. We're in May now and they kind of turn on a different switch. So uh, I'm yeah. going Stanford, but like, I, I like Arizona State in the way they can rake, but I'm going to be pulling for the Cardinals this weekend. It should be a fun series Cardinals, sorry. Cardinal. The yeah. Cardinals, no, that's right. It should good, be, good catch, it should, Good catch. It should be fun. I'll be pulling for the Cardinals, too. Uh, going to see uh, our boy play, Zach Neto, today and tomorrow. So I'll Saw see you at him. the game.
0: Saw him yesterday, but I, I missed his sick double play trying to find a hot dog in a bathroom.
1: Dude, the glove flip. It was clean. Dude. Dude, yeah, get, going to get a hot dog at a concession stand at a bush stadium. Good luck. Talk about playing in winston Salem. It's good luck trying to find that. Hey, I and, know it's
0: a D one podcast though, but at the same time I found out some great news. We'll just give a new heads up at the game saying any of our lovely listeners that they ever go to and visit great Bush Stadium. We have our own a build your own hot dog place now too with self checkout, yeah. which is kinda sick. I did not yeah. know we had that.
1: No, I've, I've had the pleasure to be able to go to one Cardinal game this year. It was uh, the, I think the game that Jordan Walker's hit streak was broken uh, to start the year. And now that's a distant memory as he's not even on the team anymore, but um, a crime. A crime. <laughs> yes, it was, I think his 13th going for his 13th hit in a row um, day. So I went to that game against the pirates, but it's been tough sledding for the Redbirds this year. They're they're 10 and 20, but just to go back to D one, um, you were at the game last night. I'm going yeah. tonight and tomorrow afternoon and you also are gonna be at all the games too, or
0: I own tickets for tonight and then I'm probably just gonna wait till tomorrow to buy well actually I might buy tickets tonight because I forgot the game's at one fifteen tomorrow, right?
1: Yeah, it's afternoon
0: yeah. So but yeah, why not? Dude, I haven't been to I I didn't go to a baseball game last year, so I told my buddy Andy who I was with yesterday, it feels good to it felt, it felt good to be back at a ballpark. Yeah, so we'll, we will see uh, our boy tonight, uh, speaking and we, tonight. And we see Shohei Otani pitch.
1: Yeah, that, that's it's the whole true. reason to go, too. I mean, he's yeah. the best pitcher in America, so yeah. that's amazing. In the so, world. Yeah, no, yes. that's. I don't even know why I said America, the world. Struck out my trying <laughs> to win the World Baseball Classic. I mean, you're so. not
0: incorrect. He's the best pitcher in America.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for the uh, midweek podcast. I so hope you guys uh, have a good time, and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: Are you working? What kind of work do you do?